and uh, guest speaker. I don't believe this person's ever spoke for a morning service, um, but this person was born in the church, been part of this church before Pastor Dan and I got here six years ago, and uh, loves God, loves serving people, loves teaching, loves being involved with our youth group, went to Ghana, been everywhere, and she has an opportunity to bring the word. So wake up a little bit. Give a warm welcome, a warm round of applause for Emily Favor as she comes to speak this morning. Thank you. I'm a little more nervous this service, and I don't know why. And I, I, I sort of thought about, well, so I've been, I've been to, to several different third world countries, and um, their services go forever. And I have no time limit this time, so no, I'm totally teasing. I won't go forever. Um, that was sort of my, <laughs> my, my, my thought process. I'm like, you know, I could, I could pull a Ghanaian service off. I could pull a Papua New Guinea service off. Give me a microphone. I don't like the sound of my voice on the microphone. Hey, old friends, sorry. <laughs> I thought that was Mike. I was like, oh, that looks familiar. He looks familiar. Um, welcome. <laughs> Um, so a little bit about myself. There's a couple of things that you need to know. I grew up in the church. So um, I, at a very tender age of 14, started teaching Sunday school. I would come in on Sunday mornings and um, look at my curriculum and say, okay, it's about David and Goliath, and just go from there. How I was able to do that is that I, I had a grandmother who was a Sunday school teacher for ages. I mean, she, I love my grandma dearly, but um, she um, had us memorize things. Um, I knew, I knew uh, how many of you guys know what the wordless book is or the wordless story? It's, it's, um, I think it's five colors, and there's, there's a, a verse and, and a story that goes along with the, the, each color. Um, so... Uh, one summer, I remember, it was like two weeks, she, um, she gave me, like, like we, we had to memorize that, and after those two weeks, we actually got a book and a pencil, and that was like the coolest thing ever, um, you know, for a little seven-year-old type of deal. So I've, I've, I've been around the Word, I know, I know the Bible pretty well. There are some, I hate to call them like cliche verses, but we all know them so well that in some ways they've lost their meaning, and Unchurched people will roll their eyes like, eyes like oh my gosh, is that again? <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's one of them. What's another one that you see all the time at, at um, on the street corner or at um, baseball games or football games? John 3:16. Okay, so let's say it together. Do we know it? Okay, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, uh, begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. So growing up, like, I became really numb to that scripture, right? Doesn't mean a whole lot. When I was probably about 16, 17, I was in a Bible study, and we were actually getting ready to go on a mission trip down to California. And um, part of that, I was part of the leadership team, and so they asked me to start putting together some memory verses. And I was like, and they're like, well, we would sort of like this one. But we want to go beyond that, and so I started reading and studying the scripture, or the, the, the scriptures beyond 16, and it just brought new life to me, and and new life as far as what what this meant and, and how much God loved me. If we can throw that up, let's go ahead and read it together, um, and and just just soak and bask in some of the uh, from 17 to 20. 
So for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to judge the world but the world might be saved through him but that he... This is the judgment that the light has come into the world, and man loved the darkness rather than the light, for the deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come into light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he, oh, sorry, I put 21 on my page. Ha, that's funny. Okay, so... The crazy thing is, is that this shows how much God loves us, that he sent his only son into the darkness so that he could capture our hearts and to bring light to us. And, and that God so loved us and Jesus so loved us that he went into the world. Now, today we're going to be talking um, a little bit about our thought processes. So it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit of a hard sermon um, because we're so ready to, uh, uh, to, to surrender our hearts and our souls, but we, we very rarely talk about surrendering our minds and our thought processes. And that is so integral in, in our life and how we live, right? So, um, so we love the dark, and I'll get into this. Actually, let's pray. Let's go back to that. Let's pray and just welcome, welcome God here. Holy Spirit, God, I just pray that you will just come. That my words will not be my words, but that it will be yours. God, that I won't add things on that, that, um, that, that you haven't spoken to me already. God, that my flesh won't be involved, but that it will just be your spirit. Holy Spirit, come and speak to us. Come speak the hard things, but gentle things. And help us walk those things out in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, when Pastor Dan um, came to me uh, and we started talking about Philippians, I'm going to get this right. I kept on calling it Ephesians last, last service. Um, so Philippians, um, I just was like, all right, all right, I'll do it. That's, that's cool. Um, and then the, Pastor Dan gave me the verse, and it was one of the most cliche, in my personal opinion, ones. Um, and uh, so we're going to skip ahead a little bit to chapter 4. I know that we're still in chapter 2 where he's at, but we're going to skip ahead. One of them is, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in prayer and supplication before the Lord, you know, br- br- uh, bring your, your request before the Lord. I'm just like, oh, man, that's, that's, that's going to be so easy. That's going to be just like, like uh, 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 you know, a home run. So easy, so simple. I can be so um, so cliche about it. Uh, you know, you've heard tons of sermons about it, but the Lord started working in me, and we went a little. He, we went a little bit further. Um, and what I really want to focus on um, is is uh, verse four uh, through eight. But we'll read the entire thing. If you could throw that up, um, it says, "Therefore, my brethren, who I long, um, I'm going to read it off of this because I can see it a little bit better." If I get the right page. The other thing that you guys need to know about me is that I am severely dyslexic. So if I stutter over my words, um, it's, it's one, because I'm nervous, 
And two, um, my, my brain doesn't quite comprehend sometimes words, um, and it, it'll run ahead of itself. So, Amazing. thanks. <laughs> Therefore, uh, my beloved brethren, I long to see my joy and my crown. In this way, stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. I urge you, and names don't, uh, names aren't good for me, so whatever. I urge you so-and-so, and I urge you so-and-so. Especially Old Testament, yeah, anyways, Bible, biblical names are not good for me. <laughs> to live in harmony in the Lord. Indeed, true um, compassion, I, or, um, yeah, compa- uh, compassion, yes, a companion. Anyways, all right, this one we aren't going to do too much on, but I do want to, I, I want to touch on it. I'm so sorry. Um, I ask you also to help those, those women who have shared in my struggle in the cause of the goal, uh, in the cause of the gospel, together with Clement um, also, and the rest of my fellow workers. Uh, these names are in the book of life. Now, you've got to understand, we're going to talk a little bit about this just because it's there and that was given to me. Um, you've got to remember where Paul was. Do you guys remember where Paul was when he was writing this book? Can anybody? Jail. You guys know what jail was like back then? It's nothing like it is now, right? So um, I have the opportunity with my work to go work for the Women's Correctional Facility up in Purdy, and it is a cakewalk in a lot of ways. They have cable. They have three square meals a day. Uh, they get to go out. Um, if you are in the minimal security, they have gardens. They have chickens now there. Um, they're raising chickens. Um, some of the gals get into a program that um, will train dogs so that they have stuff that they can go, that, that they have workable um, um, skills after they get out to train. So, I mean, it's pretty much a cakewalk compared to what Paul goes through. Paul, basically, they throw him in a pit, right? And he has to rely on outside help to bring him water, food, um, even companionship or even talking. He's basically, uh, that's jail. It's not a fun place. So when he's writing these things, he's basically urging uh, uh, the Philippian church to say to these two women, dude, stop arguing, because these gals are going at it and arguing about, about what's going on and how, you know, what color the carpet should be or whatever it may be. He's like, don't worry about it. I urge you guys to, to live in harmony. Then we go down to the next verses. And these are the verses that I really want to focus on, um, especially in, in our thought life. Um, because our thought life is hard. And it's easier said than done a lot of times. So, so please listen to this. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be main, uh, known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. But every, in everything, in, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be, na- be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. So let's break that down just a little bit. It says, be anxious for nothing. Where does anxiety come from, right? It doesn't come from the circumstances around us. It comes from our 
thoughts and fear. It, it comes from what's inside of us, and it typically comes out. He gives us a clue on how to deal with it. It's, it's by prayer, not just prayer like, oh, God, I'm so anxious about this and this and this, and listing out the things and the problems we have. Uh, I know that I'm really good about that. But he also says, um, with um, great thanksgiving. So you're supposed to be thankful for what God has done in the past and say, man, I know my God is true. Even though I'm going through this storm and through this pro- the, the, these issues, my God is still faithful. And I look, I look in my rearview mirror and see the, the good things. Not the bad things, the good things that God has done for me. And how often do we do that? Because we want, as our flesh and the darkness, we like to be miserable. And then it goes on, it says, Finally, brethren, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is anything excellent, and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. The things you have um, learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the peace, there it is, the peace of God will be with you. Jesus, we're talking a lot about Paul, but Jesus was very, very clear about um, our thought life matters. And, and that's ultimately where our actions come from okay so you remember i think it was in luke uh, jesus talks about you know if if you hate your brother you've already committed murder if you if you lust after a woman you've already committed adultery your guy jesus is very clear that our thought life is so important and that that um the, the power of our thought life actually will guide our lives in how we live outside of these rooms Outside of this building, we are so good at putting on the masks here. And what I really want, what, what um, I want to bring to light is that that we are, we need to capture those thoughts and think about, you know, what what God has brought brought to us, what is honorable, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure. That we do not be conformed to this world through our thoughts and then through our actions, but so that we can be completely separated. And show the world that, that Christ is different than anything else. And that, that it's, it's not that difficult. It's about, it's about loving God and loving us. Or not, loving God and loving others, sorry. Our thought life is, is really difficult to, to pull in. Um, when Pastor Dan gave me these verses, you know, I was, I was going along my life and whatever, and, and um, I, I love to watch Netflix. <laughs> I'll read my Bible in the morning for the most part if I'm not up at, at 5 and on the, ro- on the road by 5 going to work, um, or I'll do it in the afternoon. But when I get home, I will spend hours on end watching Netflix in the background or listening to certain music. And when 
when Pastor Dan gave this to me a couple of weeks ago, he, um, the, the Lord just started working on it on me. And one of my favorite shows um, is, is Scrubs. And I don't know if you guys know what Scrubs is. It's a, it's a medically-based um, sitcom. Um, and the Lord just started speaking to me because some of the, some of the writing in it, I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's harmless. It's not graphic. It's not, you know, not a lot of that kind of stuff. There, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, innuendo in there, though. And the Lord is like, what are you putting into your heart? What are you putting into your heart? Are you dwelling on what you read this morning? Or have you completely wiped it away and washed it away by watching hours on end of Scrubs? And I was like, oh, no, I don't want to. And then I, I just was like, okay, I'll turn off scrubs. Okay, I'll, I'll do this, or I'll watch this, or I'll watch that. And it just sort of, the Lord just kept on working on me and saying, is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it praiseworthy? What are you thinking about? Come on, Emily, is my peace coming and dwelling in your house? I was like, all right. So basically it came down to, um, even Mulan, the Lord is like, you really can't watch that. <laughs> even though it's not, there, there's some stuff in it that I don't want you to, to be associating that, that isn't necessarily lovely. You know, even all those Disney movies. And I just like, Lord, but I need a break. It's like, well, what do you need a break from? Are you trying to break away from me? And so I really had to start really thinking, rethinking about what, how I structured my life, what I was listening to. Listening to is a big thing. It's easy just to, to turn on sports radio. I listen to a lot of sports radio as well as music. And the Lord is like, what, what are you listening to? Even though it's just music or background noise, what are they talking about? And as a teenager, and, and my dad was here last, last service, I, I, I told him in front of everybody that he was right. We'll see how Thanksgiving goes. Um, <laughs> um, but he, he was constantly questioning, what, well, what are you listening to as a teenager? What are you listening to? And I'm like, oh, it's just music. I'm just listening. I, I really like the, you know, the bass line that's in this. I love the harmony in this. But as I started listening to a lot of the lyrics, the lyrics still filtered in to my thought processes and my thought life and how I saw myself. And so what, it's hard because it's all around us, media's around us, Facebook's around us, Instagram, all it's being bombarded. What are we, what are we filling ourselves with? What are we dwelling on? And I'm going to tell you right now, it's not peaceful <laughs> if, we're, if we're dwelling on the darkness and living in the world. We aren't being changed. We aren't being different. And so many Christians, I know so many Christians today, who, who put on a good face on Sunday and then wonder why, and, and they feel the presence of God, and then wonder why they don't see God in their day-to-day life. And a lot of it's be, because what do you dwell on? What do you dwell on here? We dwell on God. We dwell on his, that he is worthy, that he is good to us, that he is holy, that he loves us be, beyond uh, uh, recognition beyond comprehension. But then when we go out, you know, then there's the football game. And I'm not, I'm not bashing the football game. It's, it's good to go watch some of that kind of stuff. But it's what are you dwelling on 
99% of the time. What are you feeding yourself? That 15 minutes in the morning is not going to sustain you unless you dwell on it. I'm not very good at, at memorizing. Um, that's part of being dyslexic unless it's over and over and year after year after year. Um, but it just I, I keep a little pocket, uh, a card in my pocket sometimes of truths that I know that, that God wants me to remember. Um, things that, that, that he has promised me. He's promised to do good through me. He has promised to, to take care of me. He has promised to provide for me. And then he, he's created me, even though I'm dyslexic and even though it, it, it's difficult for me, I've had to, to dwell on that dyslexia is not a bad thing. <laughs> it's a gift because I think different. I see God different. You know how long it's taken me to get to that point? And I still struggle with it. I guarantee you, as soon as I walk out those doors and go home and I'm in my quiet place, I'm like, dang it, I screwed up that scripture. I couldn't read those names. And then I have to repeat to myself, no, God created me. He has a special purpose for me. And how often do we do that when we're in our lonely times, in our quiet times? And it's so difficult. It's a minute-by-minute process to think about whatever's honorable, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's a good report. It says repute in certain, in certain um, um, uh, Bibles, but it's a good report. What's a good report? What is excellent? Is it praiseworthy? Is it uplifting? So difficult. It's hard. I have, um, it's going to be really quick today, I think, uh, this service, but, but this is really what I feel like the Lord is saying, um, is that, that our thought, God cares about how we think. And we are so quick to submit our hearts and our souls, but yet we forget to submit our minds and our thought processes. And it's so difficult, I work with a lot of high schoolers and junior highers, it's difficult to do that but even as adults we tend to to go into those grooves of of how people see us or how we think about ourselves or or what people have said about us and how we think about other people and what people have said about that person and so automatically we make that judgment we we pray for people in order to gossip about them in the church So in order to, to, to do some of these things, we do have to act them out. It starts in the head, but we also have to be honorable to other people. We have to be uplifting to other people. Okay, Dan, Pastor Dan is a great example. I have never heard anything bad come out of his mouth out of, from anybody. And if it does, if we have to deal with a situation, he's, he's very slow to it because he doesn't want to, he wants to honor them. All the way. That's what I love about Pastor Dan. See, he thinks about people through the word and through the lens of what God says about them. 
because he's in this every day. So how do we do that? How do we start thinking in the right way, or I shouldn't say right way, in the honorable way that is Christ-like? If we truly call ourselves Christians, how do we start changing that? It's really, really difficult. (laughs) So difficult. It's a day-to-day, it's a minute-by-minute process. It's not just a day-to-day, it's a minute-by-minute And I'm sure that you guys have never heard this, so, so this is a one-time deal, $99, one-time payment only on how to do this and how to gain that life and the peace of God. I'm going to let you know, number one is be in this <laughs> and dwell. Not just read it, not just flippantly say, oh, for God so loved the world that he gave, gave his only begotten son. I have so many scriptures that I do about that. The Lord has been saying, slow down, <laughs> dwell. I love the reading plans, but I hate the reading plans because they—it's just—it became a check mark for me, and I had to slow down. And if I just went one chapter at a time, that was completely okay, because then I was dwelling in it, and I was saying, "Okay, what is lovely out of this? What is good out of this? What is praiseworthy out of this?" And then praying. So important to talk with God about things. Paul talks about praying without ceasing. And a lot of times we think of prayers, low Lord. Big things. But I just have conversations with them. I'm like, Lord, okay, where am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to deal, you know, with this person? How am I supposed to talk with them? How am I supposed to love on them? <laughs> Lord, this person I just want to kill. They are just jerks. Lord, you deal with my family, my brothers. But the Lord is like, no, you need to love on them. How are you going to honor them with your mouth? How are you going to honor them with your thoughts? Not just your mouth, not just giving them lip service, but how are you going to honor them with your thoughts? Is it excellent in how you're thinking about them? Even though they are being absolute jerks. How are you going to do that? And just talking with them. The Lord, the Lord will give you answers as you talk with them and just have a, have a dialogue and have conversations with them. But you've got to keep going. can't just stop and say, oh, God didn't answer me. I think it's dual. It's talking with them out loud sometimes and then he'll answer it through this or he'll answer it through somebody coming along and saying something and you're like, ah, oh, that's what I needed, an encouragement, right? So the other thing is that, that um, in Romans um, 12, 1 and 2, um, if you could put the message up there, yeah, absolutely. This is another verse that came to mind and it actually hit me because I'm just like, how often do I do this? It says, so here's what you do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, your walk around life, and place it before God as an offering. How often do we do that? I go to the grocery store and I have my list of things that I need to do and get, right, off of the thing. And instead of saying, all right, Lord, what, what do I need to do? What do I need to get? Do I get a little extra? Do I get a little less? 
Lord, where do I park? (laughs) And the simple things. God wants to do the simple things. Are we bringing him into those conversations, into our everyday life and thought and dwelling on those things? So when you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to, um, going to work, you're walking around life, and, the, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. So putting those remembering stones, you know how we, we sort of look back and, and remember what God is doing when we pray and when we say, okay, God, you were able to fill my tank with the little money that I had in my bank account. Lord, I thank you that I did not get a ticket coming to church. (laughs) So we remember those things. Lord, I'm thankful that you saved so-and-so. Lord, I'm thankful for this healing. I'm thankful for, you know, these little ones praising you. These, all the little things, the little things add up to big things. And we tend to just look for the big things. But God wants to be in the little things and the little thought processes of what we do on a daily basis. So it goes on and says, Do not become so, a well, do not become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking about it. Instead, fix your attention. Here it is. Fix your attention on God. And you will be changed from the inside out. Readily recognizing what he wants from you and quickly responding to it. Unlike the culture around you, which is dark. Remember, it loves the darkness. And digs and always um, drags you down to the level of immaturity. Thank you. God brings the best out of you. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that God wants to bring the best out of you? Even through all of the stuff that you go through, even through the, the things that your, your parents put you through, that your kids put you through, do you really believe that God wants the best out of you? Then what are you dwelling on? Are you dwelling on those things, those, those negative things that people say about you? Or are you dwelling on the things that God says that who you are? And it goes on, um, God brings the best out for you, develops a well-formed maturity in you. And that's, I think that that's what we want, right? We want to be mature. Um, I'm a CNA and I work with a lot of of older folks. And um, I have the opportunity to deal with a lot of them. And, And most of the time I deal with the past when they start going down the dementia road, they start reliving a lot of the things that their parents said, a lot of the things that their peers said about them, and who they truly believe that they are. And so, and I've also worked with some lovely Christians who actually have taken this to heart and start dwelling on stuff when they're younger. And I tell you, they are some of the most joyous Alzheimer's patients that I've seen. It's always easier said than done, and it's a process. It's not going to happen overnight. 
And the way that we get there is, is so simple, but yet so difficult sometimes. And I've already told you two of them, is read your Bible and pray. The, the, the next two is, is you have to be open with people and say, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm dealing with. But you say, oh man, people are going to hurt me. People are going to harm me. I've had it happen before. When I become transparent and open to people who don't follow your expectations, you're going to get hurt. And so let me flip it around. How are, what kind of a friend are you? Are you honoring to them? Are you living up to your own expectations? Are you being transparent with them as well? Are you speaking well of them? It's hard to do sometimes. Are you speaking in love? We say that we're speaking in love, but we're really ridiculing them in a lot of ways. So are you truly speaking in love? Get around people. Get into small groups. That is what small groups are for. They're to create that community to say, all right, you're having a bad week, so what does God say about you? How has God blessed you? Has he done good for you? Again, hard things. It's really, really hard to dwell on those things when it's been an awful week. And then the fourth thing is is to give yourself grace. (laughs) Give yourself grace. You didn't get there overnight. You've gotten there faster than you will get out. I'm going to guarantee that. Unless it's by the grace of God and he comes in and starts breathing new life into you and you start seeing yourself how God sees you. But your thought life, how you see yourself, those records of when you are in your quiet times at home, when the kids are either in bed or, you know, you're just falling asleep those five minutes before you absolutely go to sleep. It just is like, what are you thinking about? What are you dwelling on? How do you see yourself? And then what are you rebuttaling those with? (laughs) Are you actually taking those promises of God and and saying, okay, God created me. He carved me in the palm of his hand. He has a purpose for me. He who began a good work in me will not quit. How often do we say those things to ourselves? If you're anything like me, I just get busy and don't think about it unless I'm in the last five minutes of getting ready to go to sleep. And then it all starts to come. And the Lord is like, no. Start dwelling in me. Start thinking good thoughts, pure thoughts. Whatever's lovely, whatever is of good report. What was a good report today that you did? What, did it, what, what good report does God have for you? Whatever is excellent. Do we think of ourselves as Excellent. We don't, right? Most of us don't if we're really, really honest with ourselves. But God made you excellent. He has a purpose for you. And I love that it says, and the peace of God will be with you when you start thinking on these things. You start to become settled because you know who you are.
I sort of followed my guideline, and now I'm trying to ask the Lord where to go next because I've pretty much said what I want to say. But here's my heart for you. is that we take our everyday, ordinary life, our sleeping, our eating, our going to work, our walk around life, and place it as an offering before God so that we in turn can start thinking and processing and and dwelling on things that are true, that are honorable, that are right, that are pure, that are lovely and of good report, that are excellent, that are praiseworthy. So that we do not conform to this world, and that we are not look, that we do not look the same, but that we're actually different. Because our joy does not come from what's on the outside, but it has to come from within, in order to maintain that peace. And it's not us that maintain it; that's God, because we're dwelling on the things of Him. Um, I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. And we're going to end with the last song. Can you put the last refrain up there? Um, we, uh, we sang it. And how often, um, how often we sing it, but do we actually sing it out there in these walls? My whole point is that we want to take church. We want to uh, not take church. We want to take what we, t- what, what we receive here and live it from Monday to Saturday and not just on Sunday. And so we need to give our life to honor the love that Christ gave to us. The excellent light that he gives to us and draws us out of the darkness. It's so easy to give into our flesh. And it's a second by second battle for almost all of us. Because <laughs> none of us are perfect. And once we get to that spot and say, God, you're going to have to change my thought process. I need to start figuring out how to dwell in your presence. I need to start opening up to people to where they can speak good things to me, where I can learn how to capture those thoughts and place them on the cross and compare them to the cross and say, is this honorable? The things that we watch, the things that we listen to, are they honorable? And this is, I'm going to be honest, this is going to be difficult for me. Because I get off of a 16-hour shift and all I want to do is just veg last thing I want to do is crack open my Bible sometimes. But the Lord is like, what are you running away from? You've been in all this darkness. Why not let a little bit of light in? A little bit more. A little bit more. And so I strongly encourage you guys to get people around you. Let people in. And start changing the way that you think and start surrendering and honoring God and surrendering your thought life. Again, easier said than done. (laughs) So much. Again, 
minute by minute, what is honorable, what is lovely, what is true, what's true about you, what is true about God, and stand firm on those. Don't allow those to be shaken or taken away from you. Because how often do we do that and it can happen in an instant? So, Lord, I just pray that again in our comings and our goings in our everyday life that we will be able to dwell on the things that you have placed in us, the good things, the honorable things, the true things, the lovely things, the things that are worthy of praise. Father, I just pray that that as we leave here today, that we will not forget once we get in that car when that argument starts or it's where do we want to eat that we don't forget about okay God inviting you in saying alright where do we park who can I bless today Lord bless me and being honorable to those around us and starting to, to change and tweak the things that we, we think about and how we think God, that we will be honoring in everything that we do.